How are you? How are you, bro? Yeah, good. Good to hear you. And uh, nice to see you again. And Happy New Year to you. Likewise, Happy New Year, bro. And uh, you went travelling to uh, Europe during COVID. And how was that for you? Yeah, um, yeah, it was really good, dude. Um, it's it's still, I mean, there's still uh, a lot of hurdles you got to go through to do that. But I mean, mm-hmm. um, once you're there, and you know, I was only in the UK, I'm going to the UK, and over there, um, from what I saw and from my experience, it, everything was pretty normal, yeah. like what it was, you know, three, four, five years ago. Yeah. Um, but the only the only difference is um, they're wearing masks on trains, buses, planes, museums, small like indoor kind of gatherings or whatever you want to call it. But other than that, no, nah, it was pretty normal. Everything kind of ran as per usual, so to speak. Yeah, because I was so surprised that you left the country when Omicron broke out. Um, I was concerned. I was like, shit, how the hell did you get out? How much was a COVID test uh, before you left uh, Sydney? Did you have to pay for it out of your pocket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. so generally a PCR test costs like around $150. But what happens is you do like um, you do the one at the airport. It's 90 bucks. Yep. Um, so I went the day before I flew so I can have it by, uh, by the, my flight time. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it within 20 minutes. <laughs> it was crazy. I, I did the test and literally I got picked up from a friend and we were on the Harbour Bridge and I got a message message saying your test result is in and you are negative and you are good to go and all this crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it literally took me 20 minutes when uh, when it was meant to take anywhere between 2 to 12 hours. God. And what about uh, when you arrived in uh, the UK? Did you have to quarantine? No, no. So if you're fully vaccinated over there, you have to do like a uh, – well, they've got rid of it now, but um, I'll get to that in a sec. So what I had to do is I had to do a day two test, day two to release test or whatever it is called. Yeah. Um, and they say, oh, when you land, um, that's day zero. Then one day later is day one. Then the next day after that is day two. The end of that day, you have to do that test, um, which is a bit like strange because, like, it doesn't make sense. Because, like, first of all, think about it you have to do a test to get on the plane to be allowed yeah. on the plane. So you're on a plane with other passengers that did the same exact test to be negative. So you are yeah. on a plane full of negative passengers, and you arrive at the airport, and then you go to your, your hotel or whatever. Now, for some, somehow you're apparently they're thinking, oh, you might pick it up in a plane full of negative passengers, whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weird thing is they give you two days of you roaming around the community. So if somehow you do have it, You've already been in the community for two days and infected people, so it defeats the purpose. It doesn't make sense, you know. And I mean? this is this has probably costed you financially. Did you have to pay for it in the UK as well? So yeah, so that one, the second one was cost me one hundred and thirty bucks. 
uh, um, what Australian or, or yeah yeah yeah. So a hundred thirty bucks, but um, like I pre I booked it like you know a week before I left, so I have it. But see, what I did is um, I did the test the day before I flew. Then I flew, landed. Mm-hmm. Went straight to my accommodation. Then after, like, dropped my bags and all that, checked in. Then went straight to the place, did the test straight away mm-hmm. so I can get an ASAP. So then, because I had things planned the next day and the day after and all that. So I wanted mm-hmm. to um, get the result back ASAP. So what happened was you go, you do your test, you isolate. The weird thing is... I was I was in a hostel sharing rooms with people, so yeah. I don't know how the how the isolation thing kind of goes down. But anyway, um, so uh, I did the test. About a few hours later, I got the result negative. So what happened was um, I pulled out one of the antigen tests and did a test on myself straight mm-hmm. after the PCR test. Mm-hmm. Um, and that came out negative, so I knew I'll be negative. So, yeah, uh, but the thing is, they don't police it. They didn't, no one was chasing you up or watching mm-hmm. your every move or whatever, so you could have done the test and not isolated, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, because the UK, they're, they're far more relaxed than we are for some reason. So does, yeah, it's all sort of, sort of, but, like, yeah, like, how do you, how do you police, you know, Thousands and thousands of people coming in every day, you know. Yeah. What I mean, like let's say you know ten thousand people come into the UK every day. How are they going to mm. keep an eye on ten thousand people that that mm. you know are supposed to isolate? Do you get that result or whatever it is? It's not. It's not possible. So like, oh, I did that. I'm like, how are they going to police it? I'll figure it out when I get there, whatever. And I found out that they just, that they just don't. They just don't. Anyway. When I came back, the day I came back, they got rid of that day two test. So now yeah. if I flew tomorrow, if I flew tomorrow, the only test I have to do is the fit-to-fly test before you fly, and then you just fly into London or whatever, and that's it. You, you're free to go. And even now, so the day that I left, they got rid of the mask wearing being mandatory on plane, uh, on trains, buses, and all that. Mm-hmm. So now they're, you know you can jump on a bus or a train um, and it's not compulsory to, to wear a mask, but it's advised. Yeah. Now, was this uh, scary for you, Joey? And was well, there social distancing on the plane as well? Nah, nah dude, nah. nah. The, f- the flight from here to there was pretty much full. Um, yeah. the, day I le- the day I left was Christmas Eve. I left Christmas Eve or something like that. Yeah, like very early Christmas Eve or something like that. Anyway, um, and uh, on the flight back, um, uh, I had a I had a crazy journey back. I had to fly from London to Frankfurt, then Frankfurt to Singapore, then Singapore back home. And uh, the flight from London to Frankfurt was full, but then for all the flights after that, I had a full row to myself, four seats. Yeah. So it wasn't. Who did you fun. fly with? Um, so uh, I had a uh, so I flew with Cathay Pacific from here, and I was meant to fly back with them, but they cancelled my flight um, on the like back home, and I had a big argument with them, um, massive. I was so upset. Uh, 
And uh, yeah, so I had to end up have to, I had to rebook a flight home, and they they had to give me a refund, which I'm still waiting for, and all that. Um, did, you, um, did they do it for free? Put you on another flight, or how? Did they it tried work to. They you? tried to. They tried to, but uh, um, I kept getting rejected because they, were, they had thousands of other passengers. The same kind of thing, and so the other airlines were getting you know pissed off. They were like, nah, we're not going to accept any more of your guys. You know, we want our own customers and this and that." So I had to I had to book my own flight home with my own money. Um, Did you have a travel insurance? Yeah, but the, uh, man, it was useless. Honestly, it was useless. It would have been better. It would have been. It probably would have been better if I didn't have travel insurance because I paid two three hundred dollars and they literally didn't help with one cent. So they didn't. They didn't. They denied your claim. Well, no, they don't cover what 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 happened to me. So the, the situation. Oh, pandemic, yeah. Well, they cover certain aspects of it, but not that, which is uh, a massive like um, what do you call it? Uh, like the stuff around because I paid them already so much money, like two three hundred dollars. Yeah. If I if I kept that two three hundred dollars, that would have been very helpful in the situation that I was in. So. Um, yeah, and anyway, like, you know, I had a big argument with Cathay Pacific. I, you know, I called them and I, like, abused them. And I said, come on, guys. I, I only booked with you guys uh, under the, the the idea that you had, you were one of the best plane airlines in the world, airline of the year, et cetera, et cetera. The service I've been getting is anything but that. Like, come on. Like, you guys got to look after your clients and stakeholders, um, a bit more seriously, like you can't just majorly stuff them around, and you're not even gonna chip in for accommodation for for the stuff up and all this kind of stuff. Because I was meant to come a little bit earlier, like two yeah. days earlier or something like that. Uh, yeah. But I, but I ended up booking a, a flight that was two days later or what it is, and it cost me money out of my own pocket, which I didn't have, so I had to borrow from a friend, which I now owe money to. Um, so, and I'm just waiting for that refund to come through. That hasn't come through. They said they'll do it within seven days. Uh, well, they said this is nearly 10 to 12 weeks. And I said, Hey guys, look, and it's, it's useless to me in 10 to 12 weeks. I'm going to need it now or never. Like, you know what I mean? So like, I'm, I told them I'm on a, I'm on a, uh, Facebook group that talks about these kind of things. And I've, I've seen people, you know, the same situation as me, get their refund within seven days. And they said, oh, we'll try and this and that. It's been way over seven days, so I contacted them early in the week and they're trying to sort it out. So hopefully it will take another few days or so. We'll see how yeah. it goes. Um, but once I I'm get sorry. That, I'm sorry to hear that, but because I, when, I, when I heard you out of the country, I thought, Joe, you're crazy. Nah, man, a lot of, lot of people are travelling. A lot of people are travelling. Um, but with all this um, fucking around, it's just it seems to be not worth it. No, no. Worth see, it. see, the, what happened with me shouldn't have happened, and yeah. it happened at an awkward timing. It happened only in January. Yeah. Like everything Omicron. was. Uh, no, no, no. Well, no, well, maybe Omicron, whatever. But like, um, honestly, bro, to tell you the truth, between you and I, it's not yeah. Omicron. It's a load of rubbish. It's a political war now. It's what, so it what happened was what, what happened was the Hong Kong government banned all flights to and from Australia. Yes. Okay? Hold on, hold on. 
One week later, they did the exact same thing with the UK and the US. Mm-hmm. But they can fly anywhere else in the world. They're fine. Just mm-hmm. those three areas, right? You know, I want to know why? Because um, a bit of a history of Hong Kong. Hong Kong used to be run by the English. Then the mm-hmm. English gave it back to the Chinese in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. So in the year 2000, um, uh, Cathay, sorry, Cathay Pacific and uh, what do you call it? Uh, British Airways was like the same company, basically. Right? They still are. But British Airways used to fly in and out of Hong Kong mm-hmm. only. But since that happened with the British and the Hong Kong, you know, handing over Hong Kong back to the Chinese in the year 2000, Cathay Pacific became a kind of a more standalone kind of company. And mm-hmm. British Airways now sometimes operate out of Cathay Pacific, out of, out of Hong Kong, but uh, they do. They have their main office now in uh, Doha. Yeah. So they're a bit, they're a bit like half half. But now because mm-hmm. it's back with the Chinese, it's under Chinese kind of government, so to speak, mainland China government, whatever it is. So the, so the government there um, did this ban because Australia, the US, and the UK pointed the finger at China for the whole. Um, coronavirus stuff. Yes. So this is a way to hit back at them. I don't know if you've been listening to the news or the rumours that China wants to start a a battle between Australia because Australia was the first one to point the finger, you know. It's a political political battle now. Corona now is just an excuse. It's not the real reason why they did that, you know what I mean? Because from Hong Kong you can go anywhere. Hong Kong you can go to Japan. You can go to India. You can go whatever you want. But they decided to single out Australia, the US, US and UK because these guys were you know, trying to make them look like the bad guys. Well, Joe Biden uh, was banning all flights from China. Yeah, again, that's a, a political warfare. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah. This is, it's not because of COVID. It's, it's, it's now they just use COVID so people will be like, oh, okay, COVID's bad. But right now, we're all vaccinated. COVID is no longer an issue. See, even being double-vaxxed, people are still getting it. Dude, answer me this. Can you completely get rid of the flu? No. That's what COVID is going to be. The COVID is going to be the new flu. So it doesn't matter how many vax you put into someone, it's not going to go. I don't care no, who you are, man, machine, animal. You're going to get the COVID for the next 50 billion years. Now, so, you, had, you had your booster shot, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That, that was on uh, Tuesday. And how did you feel after? Yeah, Tuesday night I started feeling a bit weird and loopy and then all of um, Wednesday it was just, um, yeah, I felt like a truck ran over me or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I'm okay now. I'm good. Uh, so yeah, now Wednesday I was no good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so COVID, man, COVID's, COVID now is being used an excuse, as an excuse for any political agenda that any government in the world will have. So like, like I said, football. 
not that, just political battles, man. Just as I said, the Hong Kong government did that ban because they want to hit back at Australia. Mm. You know, now any deals between Australia and China in terms of trade is going to be so much harder now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because the, the Chinese government and the Australian government is at, is at odds at each other because of this very issue, you know? Uh, yeah. And they, as they, as I said, they used coronavirus or Omicron or whatever you want to call it as a uh, as the pickup boy, you know, when it's mm-hmm. not really the real the, the real reason, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just it gives people, it makes people think the people that don't understand what's going on, you know, the people that don't investigate and have knowledge into the, what's going on. Um, it tells them, oh, Corona's still around. Oh, we're screwed. Oh, we have to wear masks mm. forever and this and this and this. No, no, no. It's not true. That's rubbish now. Everyone's vaccinated. The whole world basically, I think it's like 70% of the world is like fully vaccinated or something like that. Mm. I don't know. Like, don't quote me on the, on the freaking number. But but it's still a good enough amount to get to, to go back to normal to what it was before this whole Corona stuff happened. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna now, get it. You're gonna get it. Like it's you're not gonna die from it, though. You know what I mean? When the, only, you, the only people that die from it is people unvaccinated and people with a serious health underlying issue. And now, yeah. when you have that vaccine, two doses, three doses, it's gonna protect you. It's gonna stop you from going to hospital. It's not gonna exactly. stop you from getting sick. You're gonna get sick. Uh, doesn't matter if you have two doses or two million doses. It's you're not changing. You get not getting sick. That's always going to happen. Now, when you were saying life was pretty much normal, were the nightclubs open in the UK? So the funny thing is, um, but with my, in my time there, nightclubs were not open per se. Yeah. Um, there, there was like in England, they had nightclubs open, but like limits on it or whatever it is and no real dancing not the ISO uh, at least yeah. um, in Scotland they banned the time that I was in Scotland they banned it com- kind of almost completely and then when I left Scotland and I got to Ireland mm-hmm. uh, they brought it back so the weird thing is um, by the time I left certain areas it was back like mm-hmm. the nightclubs were back Um but um, like my trip there wasn't to go see nightclubs, so I didn't mm-hmm. miss out. It's, it doesn't it didn't ruin my trip because I didn't get to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I don't care. Like uh, the trip wasn't. Oh, I need to go to nightclubs. No, no, no. Do you like nightclubs? That's why I asked you. <laughs> um, sure, I, I like you know nightlife and whatever, but like. Um. It didn't really matter to me because I really wanted to go to museums. I really wanted to go to, you know, certain locations and destinations and, you know, outdoor kind of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Most of my things was outdoors. Most of the tours that I did and, and stuff, um, day trips and stuff. I didn't do a tour. I didn't do like a Top Deck or a Tiki. I just mm-hmm. did random uh, day tours that you just book on, get your guide or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is really good, just easy. You know, you pay one-off fee, like 50 bucks. You meet up at the meeting point. They show you around, whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And you just follow the, the itinerary of said uh, booking. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, so it's pretty good. But, 
I think I know nightclubs wasn't really open. I didn't really care. I didn't really try to go to a nightclub. I think I had a, like four or five different opportunities to to go to some sort of nightclub or something or some sort of nightlife experience. I turned it down. Um, I well, I really wasn't interested or busy or whatever. So it wasn't on my list, you know. Go to England, go to nightclub, you know, like you know that wasn't the thing. Now, um, getting into Ireland and Scotland, did you have to get PCR tests? No, that was what I was worried about. So, oh. okay, so Scotland and, well, I went to Northern Ireland, Belfast. Now, to give you a rundown of the of the political geography slash history of the UK, the entire UK, the UK is consisted of Wales, England, Scotland, mm. and Northern Ireland. The Republic yeah. of Ireland don't associate themselves with the UK, although geographically it is, politically it's not. So when mm-hmm. you go to Republic of Ireland, which is Dublin and everything around that kind of area, um, they use euros. But everywhere yeah. else, Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland and England, all around those places, they use British pounds. Mm-hmm. You understand? So. Yeah. The the UK is those areas except not, uh, Republic of Ireland. They they call themselves the UK and they're Brexit, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No, uh, uh, Republic of Ireland, Dublin, and all those areas they con- they consider themselves part of the EU. That's why they use euros. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to go down to Dublin for for like a, like a day trip. Um, I was actually going to visit a friend I know down there. Uh, he got sick, so then that changed my plan as well. Um, so I didn't go to Dublin. Um, if I had, I would have had to take a train, pay five pounds for the train, and then pay like maybe five euros for a return. Um, and then whatever I spend over there had to be in euros. Mm-hmm. So I would have had to like change through currencies and stuff, which probably would have maybe cost me, I don't know, I didn't try it. I and I like I wouldn't know now, so maybe another time I'll find out, you know. But yeah, that's that's the difference. So pretty much everywhere I went, it was just under UK under slash Brexit or whatever you want to call it, and I just stuck with the pounds, and I didn't have to do any testing going from England to Scotland to Northern Ireland back to England. Mm-hmm. So that, that was pretty good. That saved me money. But the original plan was to um to go. To also Paris. So I was going to go from London to Paris, then from Paris to Edinburgh. But yeah. literally four days before I left, the French government did the same thing as the Hong Kong government. However, Ooh, they, signaled, they, hang on, they signaled out only the UK. So they said people from the UK cannot come in without quarantining for, for two weeks. Oh, dear. But that ruined my plans. Now, what happens was I could have changed everything around and started my trip in Paris and I wouldn't need to quarantine for two weeks and I can do everything as normal, but that would have cost me a lot more money to change the flights and things around, you know what I mean? So, so I, had to cut, I had to cut out Paris altogether, mm-hmm. um, only a few days before leaving, and I, I uh, replaced it with Inverness, which is uh, the north of Scotland, which is mm-hmm. like in the highlands of Scotland. So I spent New Year's Eve period uh, in, in Venice rather than Paris. And mm. that also could have saved me because paying for – Paris is expensive, the hostel, and 
Euros is expensive. And then I had to do, I would have had to do two or three more tests, which would have been more expensive too. So in, in hindsight, it kind of saved me money. But uh, I lost a little something, you know, but I gained a little something, you know. Do you regret so, going or did you have the time of your life? Why the hell will I regret going? That was amazing. Mm. It's just crazy, that's all, with all this political bullshit going on. Yeah, well, well. so as I said about with the, the French government, they only did that because of the the history between the English and the French and because yeah. of Brexit. So a lot of European countries are not happy with the UK because of Brexit, even though Brexit was, you know, five, ten years ago or whatever it was. Um you know, they've been having their scuffles and issues over the years and that. And so they only use this as a cop-out, um, yeah. as Corona as a, as a cop-out. Um, so the, the real reason behind why they did it, did that, um, is because of the, like, the Brexit situation. Yeah. Um, I think, I'm not sure, I haven't really followed up too much now, but now... Uh, it's fine. So you can travel from the UK to France. Mm. Uh, but as I said, as soon as I left, everything went uh, kind of loosened up. So that's kind of mm. ironic. <laughs> but uh, mm. whatever, like I, I don't mind. I had a either way. I had a great time. Possibly a better time than I would have if I went to Paris. Maybe it would have been so much harder, so much more money costs, you know, wise. But anyway, like I still had an amazing time. Like you know. It didn't ruin it. It didn't ruin my trip one percent. No, I'm I'm glad you got home safe because I messaged you. I'll message you. I'll try to call you. I'm like, shit, how the hell did you get out of the country? Yeah, well, I don't know if you've been following my Instagram and all that, but yeah, like yeah. You know, I was exploring the world. That's that's me. That's I'm an explorer. For me, I've been going hiking. That's how I've been exploring hiking. Yeah, bushwalking. Yeah, I was hiking. I was either this. Uh, uh, I would probably say I call it an unexpected kind of hike in uh, Scotland when I was in the battlefields of Clodden. Um, yeah. I wasn't dressed to hike, but you know it kind of turned into like a bit of a hike as I had to get from a few areas, and the field, the battlefield is massive. And I was looking for the specific uh, monument thing, but I found yeah. out that it wasn't actually in the battlefield. It's like you know a two-hour walk down the road or whatever it was. Um and how, yeah, it was it was cool. How cold was the weather for you? Yeah, pretty cold, man. Come coming from there to here, like you know, anything anything between uh, minus two, and then coming here, it's like thirty. I'm like, what the hell is this crap? Mm, I love the cold weather. Ah, uh, well, it's it's easy. You just gotta put a few jackets on or whatever. It is. <laughs> but here, you can still be naked and it's too hot. Yeah. Exactly. And, uh, no, it's, um, yeah, wow. And you got back. What time did you end up getting back to Sydney? Uh, bro, it was a 29-hour flight. Uh, so imagine 29 hours of wearing a frigging mask. Yeah. Um, so I need a holiday from wearing a mask. Um, <laughs> because everywhere, everywhere I had to go. Like, because I went, I went around – the UK in trains and buses and whatnot, mainly, and I had to wear a mask on those too. So, you know, I spent six weeks wearing masks 24-7, basically. 
Yeah. Uh, obviously, when I was in an outside environment, I don't need to wear it, so I didn't wear it. But, like, you know, a lot of the time, you know, I was in, you know, an eight-hour train from London to Inverness or an eight-hour mm-hmm. boat boat trip from Belfast to Liverpool, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So Now, here's the thing with uh, all this, uh, you know, stuff going on uh, right now, uh, you know, making it so difficult for passengers. Why weren't they social distancing on the plane? I don't get that. So I think um, when the pandemic was still new, they were doing that. Mm-hmm. But now airlines need to get as much customers as possible because they lost a lot of money over the last two years. So you gotta, you got to think about that, dude. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of flight attendants have lost their jobs too. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to, they're trying to make up for lost time. You know, so they're trying to get a lot of people into the plane as much as yeah. possible. So that covers the damage that Corona did in the first two years. And and they're oh. getting back. It's a very slow process. A lot of airports yeah. still are really, really dead. Like Frankfurt, mm-hmm. man, dude, when I got to Frankfurt Airport, it's like the whole city died. There was literally, yeah. I only saw like maybe four or five workers Mm-hmm. And like whoever was on my plane, that's it. What about like, Sydney Airport? Was it was Sydney yeah, no, Airport? Sydney, a ghost Sydney was pretty, pretty, pretty um, busy. Uh, still, a lot of things were closed, but mm-hmm. uh, um, that should pick up again more over the coming months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there was a lot of shops inside, you know, duty free and all that. Um, mm-hmm. That was still closed, but they will come back. But mm-hmm. uh, like in in Hong Kong, it was dead. Um, Frankfurt was dead. Singapore was dead. Um, from what I saw, so mm-hmm. I think it's just a it's just a very long recovery for the world to get back to oh yeah full business. A lot of comp- like tour companies and host- um, hostels and that closed down or business went really bad like in London yeah. I stayed in a hostel my mate my mate that works there was telling me um, they normally have like over 700 people checked in at one time right mm. now when I was when I stayed there he said oh we have about 150 people wow. so they lost over 70% of their business yeah you yeah, know. you you mentioned to me you were going to New Zealand uh, last time. Um, you were yeah. Podcast. Did you end up going? So I was meant to go, so the, I booked for that. Then, you know, as the weeks were getting closer to the date, um, with about three-ish weeks left, uh, Top Deck made the call that they won't be running the thing, they won't be running the tour because they New Zealand didn't announce any plans to reopen for, in time. So then I had to make a decision um, to do something or not to do something. So I got credit back uh, from Top Deck mm-hmm. and, uh, and I used it to go to the UK. Okay. I, what about your flights? Yeah, yeah. Did you end that, up- that, that covered the flights and all that. I had $4,000, dude, in my pocket. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had 4000 credit from um, Top Deck slash flight center so they, we got that sorted very quickly um yeah. i had to i had to plan this uk trip that i did 
which normally I'd like I'd like to have at least six months of planning. Mm. I'd have to do six months of work, minimum minimum six months work in three mm. weeks. I smashed it out really hard. How many hours were you working? You know. Uh, same hours as now. What do you mean? Uh, like you met, were you working extra extra shifts? Um, extra extra no, hours? No. Just the same, man. I just saved over time, you know. Yeah, you're paying for a lot, Joey, to, to be able to do all this. Ah, oh, man, Crazy. this is my life, man. I just want to travel. I just, you, know, <laughs> you know, some people well, want to buy houses. Some people want to have a, a child. Some people want to get married. Or I just want to travel. <laughs> well, I love traveling too, so that's why I go hiking. <laughs> yeah. I love traveling and exploring and I love nature and animals and that, so, yeah. You mentioned some people want to get married. I want to get married. Um, yeah, well, whatever, yeah. Make sure you invite me to the wedding, huh? Oh, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, man, yeah. so, I mean, you know, there was a lot of loopholes I had to go through, you know, hurdles or whatever to get to the UK. But once I got there and I did everything I wanted to do, like all that rubbish became not non-existent, you know, in my brain, in my mind. So it was worth it in the end. Now I'm sitting here in my, in my room, you know, thinking back of, you know, the last six weeks or so, and I'm like, man, that was freaking crazy. And if corona, if those loopholes weren't there or those hurdles, maybe it was a good thing those hurdles were there because it made this experience more, I don't know, adventurous, unpredictable. There was literally a moment there, um, Stephen, uh, where I almost did not come back to Australia. Yeah. I had I had job offers to stay in England, I promise you. I had a job offer for Zara in mm. Liverpool. I had a job offer in a kebab store, which I made mates with the guys there in Liverpool, mm. and also BT, which is like their version of Optus. Mm-hmm. BT, and I think, uh, was, I think it was in Edinburgh, maybe. I don't know. I was talking to like I was talking to these guys and like about jobs and all that and about living there because I told them my situation. I said, "Look, I don't mind if I don't go back to Australia. I might have to live here, and if I do, I want to look for a job." You know, so mm-hmm. I was just you know brought up the idea, and you know, I said, "Yeah, yeah, you can apply." And you know, what's your experience? What, what do you know about this place? Whatever. And I said, "Yeah, you'd, you'd get in pretty easy." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." And they're like, "Oh, do you have a visa?" And I'm like, oh, no, what, what does they cost? And it costs about 600 AUD. Just for a so, visa, a working visa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty It's pretty insane. Ah. It's like 550 or something like that, 600, something like that. Anyway, um, uh, so, yeah, so I had a few job offers, and I was probably like two seconds away from, from literally calling my agent and be like, look, drop everything. I'm staying here. I'm not coming back to Australia. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a citizen of the, the UK. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to apply for an EU citizenship later and later on and all this. I was going to do all that because I did not want to come back to Australia. Part of me mm-hmm. did not want to because Australia has, has been going pretty bad for the last few years. Corona is just a kick in the ass, you know. Um, 
I want to be in Europe. My, I have a lot of my mind and heart in Europe because when you when you live anywhere in Europe, London, Edinburgh, Bel Berlin, Paris, once you live there and you're making a living, you settled and all that, you have all of Europe at your feet. You could travel every weekend. You know, you could work five days a week, very hard Monday, Monday to Friday, office kind of job. You know, make mm-hmm. you know a thousand pounds a week or whatever it is. You know. And then literally on the weekend, you can literally go on a road trip, drive down with friends or jump on a train. And, you know, you'll be living in Paris, for example, and you jump on a train and you're in the Swiss Alps a few hours later and you stay there for the weekend. You know what I mean? Then the following weekend, you jump on a plane, probably 50 pounds, sorry, 50 euros or 100 euros return or whatever it is, um, and you're in, you're in Portugal. You know, mm-hmm. so one week you're skiing in the Alps in Switzerland, mm-hmm. the other week you're in the, on a beach in Portugal, another week you're boat cruising in Croatia. You know what I mean? Mm. So Man, you know, I'd love, all, all of a sudden you just visited three countries within three weeks. Yeah, I'd love to go to Europe. I'd love to go to Times Square in New York City. Well, even New York. I mean, you know, America. It's not really you don't have really that much access to many many countries, but you have mm-hmm. access to a lot of states. And they say in the US, they say you know one state if you get from one state to another, it's like going from one country to another. Which I don't know how that's really possible, but you know whatever. <laughs> it's a, it's still the United States, but you know apparently mm-hmm. culture and the way they talk and lifestyle is different from California to I don't know. Um, Give me another state. What's a uh, Kansas or something, you know? Mm. Texas. Um, yeah, all that. So, some states uh, like Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Some don't. Yeah, even that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like even America, like they have Me- uh, Mexico next to them, Canada. Uh, yeah, Canada's uh, beautiful. What else? Alaska, South America, Central America, so like Guatemala and and all the Hawaii as well. You can go to um, other various South Americans, Peru, Brazil, stuff like that. So they they have access to other kind of countries too. That's kind of in the close proximity, so to speak. But I think Europe is so much better because they're all so jammed. You can, you know, you're living in Paris. One hour north, you'll be in, you know, Denmark, mm-hmm. you know. One hour south, you'll be in the south of Italy. One hour mm-hmm. west, you'll be in London. One hour east, you'll be in, I don't know, uh, Berlin or or Krakow, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Amsterdam. I'd love to go to Amsterdam with you, Joey. <laughs> Amsterdam is amazing. Yeah, you definitely have to check that out. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, no, really, yeah. it's a good time. I want to travel Australia too, actually, go to the Outback. Yeah, so I'm thinking of doing that too at some point. Um, but I just want to smash down other countries around the world first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I want to go back to Europe and do um, the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the Scandinavian countries, so like Iceland, Norway, Denmark, um I really like those kind of stuff, you know, uh, those kind of places, especially with the history. I love Vikings, you know, the history of Vikings and that. So, yeah. and just the landscapes as well. Like, I want to see the the Northern Lights. I want to see Iceland's amazing, 
landscapes and stuff. Um, lots of good photography and vlogging spots there, man. So, yeah, there's plenty of um, opportunity for there for me. Yeah, you're all, Switzerland's, you know, Europe's very expensive. Yeah. You know, when you exchange the currency. I mean, even traveling the outback of Australia is expensive, Joey. Yeah, well, with the traveling Europe, it's because our dollar is shit as hell. And oh, fuck you. It's been shit for two years. It was better the last time I was in Europe. It was a little bit better. Uh, but this time it just got worse by like 20% or 15% something like that. Um, and yeah, hopefully our dollar will climb and then it will kind of get close to, or if not better, than what it was the very last time I went, um, which was like 2018, 2019. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Outback, um, I don't know, I haven't been, but I'll check it out. But um, one thing i got to do as well is I actually have plane credit from Air New Zealand. So I wasn't able to get that money back, but they gave me credit, and I've got to use that before the December 31 this year. Mm-hmm. So there is a chance that I could go back to New Zealand. They announced it yes, yesterday, the day before, whatever it was, that they were opening it up again in July, by, by July to Australians at that mm-hmm. So I'm probably going to go back maybe for my birthday or maybe this Christmas or something or this December, January period um, coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, well, I don't know. I'm just going to leave it for a few months and let things cool down for a sec. I just got back from this trip, so, you know. But, yeah, I've got that credit there. Um, so basically I have, you could you could say, a free trip up my sleeve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I you know think what's, I Air, I can't airline. get that money back. It's a, basically a free trip because I've already paid for it, but I've got to use it. Otherwise, it goes to waste, and then I really oh, yeah. lost that money. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, um, uh, Virgin Airlines, I, I thought their customer service is shit. Oh, that's shit, man. Um, Virgin, Jetstar, and uh, oh, Tiger. Yeah, there you go. Uh, nah, the airlines you want to look at is uh, Qantas, Qatar, possibly Singapore. Haven't tried them yet. We'll try Air them. New soon. Zealand. Yeah, Air New Zealand as well. I like them. Um, There's Emir- Lantar. Emirates. Yeah, Lantar uh, Airways. I flew them to New Zealand. They were pretty good. Who? La- I think they were Latam Airways. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, Qatar is the best for me, though. Qatar is the god of all airlines for me. Yeah. I had the best experience with them, and now on every every airline that I jump on, I compare them to to that. Um, obviously, they won't be able to match it, but um, that's how I, you know, figure out, you know, where they sit in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So yeah. I suppose if you find the airline you like, you stick with them. Yeah, but thing is, also pricing as well. If you have the money at the time, like if I had the money. I'll fly uh, Qatar every time, but they sometimes they have expensive tickets. So like mm. this time when when I was booking for the flights, I could have gone with them, but it cost about another two thousand dollars, which I'm like, I could use that for something else right now. Um, for economy. Yeah, yeah, but like they're putting the tickets prices up lately. They or they've been putting it up lately because they, again they're trying to recover what they lost in the last two years. So mm. I reckon give it a bunch of months of whatever it is and it will just be back to what it was previous. Um, 
but it is relatively early. People are saying to travel, but still people doing the traveling. It's, it still hasn't um, stopped people from traveling, you know, very, very early or whatever. But everything's recovering. I mean, there's a lot of companies that, like, lost a lot, as I, as I told you, with the hostel and all that. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Bus About. Bus About was a massive, massive tour provider company around Europe. They got bankrupt. They don't exist anymore. And that's a massive shame because I said to myself, next time I'm in Europe, I'm going to go use Bus About. And it would have been so much cheaper than Top Deck or Kadiki because um, it would have been able to give me like a few more days in certain cities and go some go to some cities that certain tours don't go to too. Mm-hmm. So it would have been um, a bit more, I don't know, beneficial or whatever. But unfortunately, they folded. So now when I'm in Europe and I'm, you know, trying to do something like that, I'm just going to have to use the normal trains and that, <laughs> which can be cheaper too as well. Um, and it, it's, it just it's, depends on just situations, man. Like, mm. you know, like so, I can't really say 100% that this is cheaper on that or than that than this, you know. So you just have to do your research. You have to figure it out. You have to compare, figure out the time of year that you're going, how busy it is. Sometimes if you book it just the day before, it's cheaper. Sometimes if you book it six months before, it's cheaper. It's why, honestly, uh, why yeah. uh, is it in Europe that you've got to pay to go to the, go to the toilet? <laughs> uh, there was a good joke about that, actually, in my top deck tour. Um, well, I don't think they're doing that now. As I said, I didn't get to go inside of Europe uh, this time around. I heard something that they stopped doing that because of the COVID situation. But um, there was a few places. I mean, in Victoria Bus Station in London, um, there is the, the bathroom, the public bathroom, and there was the the thing that stops you and where you have to pay. That was fully opened. So mm. back in the day, they charged you for that bathroom in Victoria Coach Station. So uh, I went and used it, and uh, they didn't charge me. There wasn't anyone sitting there waiting for you or whatever. So How much would they uh, charge you just, just to use the bathroom? can be anywhere between uh, 50 pence or mm. two pounds. Or if you're in, in Europe, it'd be anywhere between one euro or two euros. Yeah. Um, I, remember, I remember when I went in 2018 and 19, um, the, the, the whole period I was in Europe – I, I probably accumulated fifty to a hundred bucks worth of toilets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so I told my family, I'm like, look, I spent a hundred bucks almost just to use the toilet. They're like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's a funny story for you. Were they clean or dirty? Nah, they were pretty clean from memory. No, because I hear that some of them are dirty, and I'm thinking, why are you paying to go to a dirty toilet? No, no, no. I remember them being clean, so, yeah. No, that, that's good. Yeah, so, <laughs> good times. So there, was, there, was there was a joke about that on our tour. I don't remember what it was, but, yeah, we did have a couple of laughs about that, and 
lot of people found that freaking strange and you know inconvenient. So the tip, the hot tip was just to do all our toilet stuff in the, in, in our accommodation. Yeah. Um. There was a few places where they didn't do it as well. Like I think some bars, some restaurants. Um, if you're dining char- at a restaurant, yeah, you should be fine. A restaurant charging you to use the toilet? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know yeah. how they get away with that. Ah, well, when uh, I don't, yeah, <laughs> that's one of those ones. I just don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's just a thing they've been doing for ages. But as I said, apparently I heard they stopped doing that because of Corona for now. Mm-hmm. Um, when life gets more, more, more normal, I think that will come back. Um, and and things should get back to normal. At some stage, you can't always be like you know wearing a mask and doing this isolation and that isolation, this testing and that testing, and paying for this shit. You know, so like, you know, it's just it's not tangible. It's not, um, it's not a uh, consistent. You can't you know keep doing that. Well, let's talk about the rapid antigen tests. In yeah. Australia. The government should be giving them for free, but they're, they're like 20 bucks for a test. That's a rip-off. Oh, boy, i got a funny thing to tell you. Go for it. Guess how many te- antigen tests I have with me. How many? Have a guess. One? Times that by 50. 50? <laughs> I have 50. Shit. And no, I didn't pay for them. I got them all for free. So in the UK, they're giving them out for free. So mm-hmm. you go to a pharmacy and you see, you ask them for it and they give you a box. Inside a box, there's seven. Wow. I have a couple of boxes. So literally, like one time I was in Belfast, um, uh, one of the days, and I just went to a pharmacy and I asked them. They gave me a box of seven. I went down the road with that same box. And I, I walked into a different pharmacy just down the road, like two minutes down the road. Asked them for again. Asked those guys. They gave me another one. I literally walked out with two boxes within five minutes. Shit. Yeah. So in Australia, there will be scalpers, Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't have it. And Scott Morrison should be giving them out for free. And over Christmas, when Omicron hit, all the testing was so full, you couldn't even get a PCR test. Yeah, well, look, now it's just the government trying to use this testing stuff to bring pump some money back into their pockets and that because mm. of uh, the financial situation. But, mm. uh, yeah, it's just them being money-hungry. So I well, agree this, this all that. should die out soon-ish. I hope it does because I want to go to the strip club. <laughs> you're, you're fucking... Did you go to a strip club overseas? Nah, man, nah. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing that. You couldn't let me know how it was. Nah, nah, man. you got to find out for yourself now with that stuff. Yeah, I miss those days. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. um, uh, Sexpo is meant to go, go ahead this year. I hope it does because I want to go. Oh, okay. I had no idea. <laughs> I try to make it laugh. <laughs> You're funny. It's, uh, yeah, no, it's just uh, ridiculous, you know. I mean, you are absolutely right. It's just a political thing. Yeah, so, yeah, it should all like, clear up soon. I don't know. I'll probably say six months. 
or whatever. How, I don't long, know. how long's the Queensland border been shut? I don't know. I don't even know what's happening in Australia. I'm still I only just got back, but whatever. Whatever. Like, so you, you were flying for 29 <laughs> hours. You must have been jet lagged. Nah, I slept alright actually. Like, cause I had the full road to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you know, eighty percent of it. Um, I slept, I think, seven hours or something. But I, I got back and I stayed up the whole day. When I got back, until like late at night, and I slept like normal. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was alright. What about what time did you arrive back in Sydney? I got back Australia Day at like seven ish a.m. Wow, that's early. Yeah, well, you know. And how was going through customs? Was it easy or difficult? Yeah, it was easy, yeah. Um, what about arriving in the UK? Were they asking you where you're staying and all that? Uh, yeah, they were, they were pretty easy. I mean, um, <laughs> the funny story is I was uh, – so I went through all customs and all that. Um, quite a bit, and um, mm. I went through customs when I was jumping on the ship from Belfast to Liverpool, and um, you know they were checking my bags, getting through my bags, and they wanted me to open my my check in bags. Mm-hmm. So I opened it up, and they're looking for something, and they're whispering to each other, "No, that's not it. That's not it. Doesn't look like it." And I'm standing there, I'm like. You know, what's going on? Like, uh, I've gone through the same stuff through multiple airports. Like, what the hell is going on? Are these guys jing me up or something? Anyway, I'm like, excuse me, are you guys looking for anything particular? They go, excuse me, sir, we can't talk to you, blah, 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 as if I've done something wrong or whatever. I'm like, okay, what the hell? Anyway, the manager comes, they keep looking through, you know, all my stuff. They're moving things around. I'm standing there like, I don't know what these guys are trying to do. I think they're trying to jing me up, hey. Anyway, the manager comes up to me and he's like, uh, do you have a gun? I'm like, do I have a what? A gun. And then he's, I'm like, no, why? He's like, we're looking for something that resembles a gun. And I said, ah, oh, I know what you're talking about. You should have told me before. So my tripod for my camera mm-hmm. has like at the top bit, it's kind of like a, thing that looks like a pistol but like Mm -hmm. you use it to aim your camera and straighten it up and that Mm -hmm. and so i'm like i know what you're talking about so i pulled it out i'm like this is my tripod and they're all like what the hell we're laughing they were laughing and he's like yeah because our scanning machine only saw the top part not the legs attached to it Mm -hmm. so yeah they thought i had a gun (laughs) was that scary for you no because i've gone through multiple securities with the same stuff yeah, I knew that not, nothing in there is going to be a problem. Mm. So did yeah, these guys, the, these guys were funny. Did you go for the TSA full body scanner? Honestly, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> I've, gone <through laughs> of, I've gone through a lot of security kind of stuff, so honestly, I just forget that straight away, pretty much. Nah, probably, like I probably it, did. Yeah. And they could see you. They could see you naked too through that. They can what? They can see you naked. Yeah, dirty pervert. Hey. I know. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised because people try and shove things up their ass and travel too. Oh yeah, well, definitely nothing's going up mine. So, 
And good on you, but if you watch it for the security, some people are just stupid, Joey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I don't care how desperate I am to, to hide something. Nothing's going up there, brother. Yeah. Nothing's going up there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Look, you've got about four minutes left in, uh, on Wisdom. Anything you want to say before we finish the podcast? Um. Well, it's been amazing to be on your podcast as always, man. I haven't been on in ages. Uh, I hope it's been well. I haven't been keeping it up because I've just been busy uh, towards the end of last year, stressful stuff, you know, just trying to get things sorted, whether it was New Zealand or the UK. Mm. And when it finally was, uh, there was a bit of a uh, worry that, you know, get cancelled on me, you know, mm. again, which is like would have been the third time things, you know, this kind of thing would have happened to me within 12 months, which is not, you know, Happy, <laughs> which is not happy the situation, um, and yeah, um, and then you know I was there and I was just really busy and I've come back and I'm still busy trying to think sort things out for the new year, for the new work and stuff, and um, my mind is like trying to figure out if I want to start looking for a job overseas, you know, if I want to actually because I'm I really want to I might actually move, you know, to to London or to Europe. Or somewhere else. I don't know. I just want to see where life takes me, man. Like I don't know. It's just you know, um, I want I want I want something more from you know, life, so to speak. No, that's good. It's it's good to hear from you, and I'd love to do this again with you. On yeah, again. yeah. I, I didn't know what wisdom was when you told me, and I'm just like, oh, is this a G up? Like I thought we just normally call. Uh, it's just nice to have an audio app on the phone. Yeah, well, it's different. This is recording, right? Yeah, so it's yeah, recording right. a podcast, and I get the file, the MP3, and you know it goes up, which is pretty cool. That's why. And this shows you how many movie. listeners are listening. I believe we've got about thirty-six people listening. That's loads. That's plenty. You're famous, yeah. man. You're famous. Yeah, because on Twitch, I was, I was only getting one on Twitch, <laughs> and I thought I, I can't be bothered with this. No one's coming, so. This is a good audio app. Yeah, that's fair enough, hey. Yeah, hey, Joey, bad. thanks for coming on, uh, dude. Have a good afternoon and a good weekend, my friend. Thanks, man. No worries. Yeah, easy. Thanks for having uh, me. You're welcome, man. Look after yourself. Too easy. Yourself, bro. Yourself. Okay. Bye, Joey. Peace. All right, that was Joey Harb, uh, one of my good friends that uh, I went to the Australian Institute of Music with. We studied music together, and Joey's into traveling as well. But I'd like to thank all my Wisdom listeners for today's episode of the Stephen Shields radio show. Uh, Please like, share, and subscribe to the podcast and turn on notifications. Uh, new episodes are available every Friday at 6pm Sydney, Australia time. I'm Stephen Shields. Bye for now.